All week long, the Lord kept saying one of those things to me. And I said, Lord, I'm on vacation. Don't want to really think about that right now. The more he kept saying it, the more I tried to cover it up and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm having these, these, these moments when I'm really, I'm wrestling with my flesh. I'm going to be honest with you. And I've talked about in the Bible where Jesus, referring to his blood and his body, and he gave hard sayings out, and it, people couldn't handle it. And, you know, many quit following. And, you know, I, I've brought that up several times. And I understand why, they're, why they are hard. They're hard to hear and receive. But, but I'm going to tell you, they're harder to give, I, I really believe. And so I have to walk in Galatians 2.20. I, I have to crucify my flesh. And all this week, that go on. I, I did not bring it up. I didn't mention it one time. And I, I, did, I didn't want it to uh, overshadow what was going on. And just to be transparent, I said, well, by Saturday, it'll go away. And it didn't go away. It, it really didn't. It didn't go away. And I, I'll get to it here in a second. And I'm still doing what I've, what I've kind of been doing all week. But I don't know how many believers, people that are believers, really understand the day you're living in. I... I, I there's, I, I cannot be convinced right now. There's no way, there's no way people that know Jesus Christ in a redemptive relationship, there's no way that people can be completely alert and aware as to what is happening in this day and this hour we are living in. And I, I'm trying my best to to be obedient and trying my best to do what God's called me to do. But, but folks, I, we are living in perilous times. The Bible termed it perilous times. And things are going to get better for the believer, but they're going to get worse for the non-believer, for the world. Because we're, we're on our way home, amen? That's what I mean. On earth, not going to get better in this light, but in that light, it's going to get very, very good and better and nice and right and in between in between this time and that time right now it, it's a tug of war and this may explain what a lot of people in here are dealing with that nobody knows about but you it, it may it may feel like that well this I know this is right and I and I don't even mean like bad you know, like one sin's worse than the other because we, we chronological, uh, or, or chronologically rather, we, we put sin in, a, in an order. It's just called sin, honey. Any sin will send you to hell that's, that's unrepented for or not redeemed. I, any sin. You, you, can, you can take a little one or a big one. That's why there's no such thing as a little lie or a white lie. It's a lie. A lie, a lie is a lie. All liars have their part in the lake of fire. And so, all this week, the Lord's dealt with me about just trying to do my job as a shepherd and let people know, man, there's a lot of things going on in this world right now that will kind of 
distract you off of what the Bible has said will happen, must happen, and, and I'll say it's happening. There are so many smoke screens going on in this world, and, and even people of faith that's been in the faith a long time are, 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 are naive of all of them. One of the things that is really bothering me that, uh, and I'm praying about it, is that unless we, we get to a place where we are walking step by step, in step with Jesus, we're, we're going to make some horrible decisions. One of the things that I see happening unless that we make a hard turn is that a lot of people that call themselves Christians are going to be persuaded, and I'm about to go into that part here in a minute, you're going to be persuaded by the people that feed you every day of your life to over time because you are being conditioned by society, and here we go, mainstream media, to, to get a different opinion of the nation of Israel. And people that say, well, I will, I'll, I'll never turn my back or stand against Israel, you're going to do it. If you're not careful and if you're not looking at things above instead of things beneath. You, because, see, what is happening over here, and people probably really don't even know or care, but, but what's happening, you, you and I are being groomed to look at Israel as a bad guy right now, let me just say this, Israel is a promised nation to the people of God. It starts when God told Abraham, you look, and I'm going to just be brief as I can, you look up here in the sky, all the stars, you look at the, at the sand on the ocean, as many as you see, that's going to be your descendant, and all of this land, I'm giving it to you, but see what's happening is their main made and being made to look like they're a bad guy they're picking on palestinians they're doing and what you probably haven't been told is that you know we've been told that israel is uh really mean and bad and that they're racist and all this and they fired rockets and missiles at at the Palestinians and all this, and, and let me just go ahead and, and set the real record straight. I don't know if you know this, but they only returned fire. They've had over 4,000 rockets put in on them people. Did you know that? No, you probably didn't know that, but it's happening, and it's going to only escalate because all those northern border uh, countries around them are, are part of all of this, and the Bible tells us, you know, that there's going to be a day when, when all of these people are going to point guns and, and they're going to try to wipe out. And, and by the way, it's not a secret that, that they are, uh, it's already been said that certain people want to just do away with that whole strip of land right there. But it will never happen because this book I'm holding in my hand says, won't happen, won't happen, won't happen. God's the same today. You want to finish that with me? today as he was yesterday and he will be when tomorrow it never will change his word hadn't vanished god's word different passages hadn't uh said oh no well it's time for us to disappear because we live in a 
politically correct society now which has to be all-encompassing of everybody and we've got to favor everybody. We can't show any kind of partiality. You cannot be a friend of God and a friend of this world at the same time. You'll either be a friend of one or an enemy or another. And I'm telling you all of this to get to the, the part I told you a while ago. I don't know how much longer myself or this church will be of any good or use to you if you continue to feed your mind with news from the mainstream media. I don't know how much, I don't know if, if we slash I, I, I don't know if, 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 if I can be much more benefit because you can't sit in here in an hour or less and hear the word of God here and then go feed your soul, the temple of the Holy Ghost, mind you, with tens upon tens upon tens of hours of, of premeditated lying from hell, unified news that's part of an agenda to warp people, train people, manipulate people, and get everybody that will to walk off the edge of the cliff. There is no way you can sit in here and be convinced by what I'm telling you if you sit at home or ride in your car and you hear what they said. They, let me tell you who they are. They are all from hell. They're all in bed together. Sorry to put it like that. None of them care about Jesus or the cross or the rapture or the church of Jesus Christ. All they want to do is make sure you follow their drum and they're going to beat it until you are dead and I have people to say but what do we do I don't care what you do but stop watching the news folks you don't even know what's going on around you because you are only allowed to know what they've already rehearsed and said and shared among themselves what you can what you're privy to you are not going to know what's really going on with everything in this world until it's too late. And the Bible says if you believe a lie, you'll be damned. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians are damning themselves, not because, but because you are what you eat. You reap what you sow. What you put into this temple is what's going to come out of this temple and it's going to be the way this temple acts. So, I, I don't know if the church will, is going to be because there, not that the word of God is not sharper and quicker and powerful. The Bible says it is. We, well, we know that it is. But when you repeatedly repeatedly will not shun the very appearance of evil after a while you're going to do everything they tell you to do if they tell you and, and we know next week if they tell you well things have changed and you need to wear a minimum of 14 masks you will go put 14 masks on a credit card if you have to if they tell you you need to sell everything and you need to give it to the people that will not go to work and they're already getting free money at work you just need to go sell your your car if you don't we're gonna take your lives from you we're gonna kill your children we're gonna do this you would go sell your car today or your house and do it because they told you to 
No, I wouldn't. You've already done it, man. Don't tell me that. I've been pastoring this church since March of last year. You'll do. I'm not saying be defiant, but they said that is the problem. They, you don't know who they are. And when you don't have the spirit of discernment and you don't run everything through the pages of the Bible, you will be deceived. You're going to be deceived, church. And one more time, I'm throwing myself out here. I know the devil's already told me people's going to leave. You ain't going to have money to keep the church open and all this. I am prepared to live in a tent and preach to wild animals in the woods if I've got to do that. But I'm not going to drink this Kool-Aid and serve it to you. I don't care what you heard. I don't care what they said. I know who they are. And I know they're all reading a, a, a script. Everything that's been happening, it, it has over a 20-year time period. And it's funny to me. It's funny to me. Everything that you hear, i got to get to the message here, by the way. Hey, it's really funny to me that everything that used to be harmful and not right, all of a sudden it's harmful and then it's okay. Now, if you say anything, we are living proof at this church. If you say anything other than what the manuscript that's being shared says to say, you are censored, you are shut down, you're deleted, or your content is harmful and people should not read it. I I've heard that so many times. You know what Derek told me this morning? He says, oh, man, have you noticed how many, how, just on Facebook, and I, I don't care who drops us. I mean, hey, if you want to come to church, come to church. I don't care if the Internet blows up. You hear me? I don't care. I do not care. But he said, have you noticed lately how, how our viewers have really dropped on? Now, this is what a carnal Christian or a carnal professing Christian would say. Well, more people are coming to church. More people are coming to church. But if I was to take a survey, how many of you people watched it on Facebook at home? Uh, uh, I mean, you'd be surprised at how many people didn't. So he says, what happened? Our shares look about the same as they've always looked, which, which you know, I don't even want to go there because I'll get in the flesh if I'm not careful on that. Uh, he said, our, our shares are the same, pretty much what they are, because what they are doing that A word, algorithms, they're driving that bad boy down so that it's suppressed deep in the distribution of live stream so that people cannot hear, will not hear, and all that. So see, I know all this stuff's going on. Can y'all still hear me out there? Okay. Uh, anyway, I know all of that's going on out there. It's going to continue to go on. After a while... We won't be able to do a lot of the things that we presently can do right now because we will not cave. And I need to say it. We're not caving so that you can ask me to leave if you want to. And I'll tell you, I was here first. I mean, you can ask me to. You, can, you, you have the right to ask me to leave or quit, quit saying those things. And I'll do what I did with a denomination about 30 years ago. Uh, I, I'll FedEx you my license. I'll FedEx them to you overnight. And I, I, I'm going to do what God says to do. You hear me? I'm going to do what God says to do. I don't care. I don't care. I, look, I, I remember who saved me. Do you hear me? I cannot get the picture of that wooden cross out of my brain. And as long as it's in my brain, 
I'm not going to be persuaded. I'm not going to be pressured to cave in. I read a Johns Hopkins uh, report to you back in, uh, I don't know, was it August or November? I read you page after page of a Johns Hopkins study way before the vaccine and all that mess came out. I read it to you, highlighted, took time as a 15-page document. I don't know if you remember. You can go back and look at all the stuff, by the way. Download it yourself unless they've manipulated that document, but we have it saved before it was manipulated. I'll just say that. I showed you all this stuff, how they wanted to get to a part. I don't know if you remember. I was standing right there about that cross, uh, how they wanted people to do everything, even get to where they hold vaccine clinics and all this stuff in church. And um, what else was there? Oh, barbershops and all these other kind of things because they all wanted to get everybody on the same page. Well, I got a piece of paper in my truck right now that I will not disgrace the house of God bringing to prove all of that. Now, now, folks, this is why I tell you everything that's happening is manuscript. You don't know it because you don't study to show yourself approved. If you do, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know when he said study, show yourself proof, he's talking about the word of God. But it applies in some, if you study for a work test, you studied and you passed it. You studied to show yourself approved. You qualify. You can do it. So I want to tell you this. I love you, but you are feeding yourself poison. I don't care who says it. I hear it everywhere I go. People regurgitate the vomit that they heard or watched. Every outlet. I don't care. Every outlet. Every outlet, if they are still on air, if every you can tell me that, well, they're a Christian. They sing Amazing Grace at their church, and they're a news anchor. I don't care. Every outlet, Satan said when he offered it to Jesus, he said, these things of the world. He said, listen to me. He said, Jesus, he said, all of these things have been, all of these things, all of these things have been given to me. I give it to whoever I want to. I know what some of you are thinking right now. At least the worship was really good today. Amen. It was good. It was really good. But I'm going to tell you what. The truth will set you free if you let it do it today. It'll help you out. It will help you out. It's going to help me out. I, I, I'm not going to continue to sit here and, and preach out of a holy book like this. Call myself a believer of Jesus Christ. But do everything and believe everything and walk like everybody else that's out here in the world. We've been called out. We've been pulled out. We've been plucked out by the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. And we've got to live like it, church. You're going to have to make, here we go, hard decisions for it's over with. It might cost you your job. It might cost you relationships. It might cost you the home you live in. It might cost you a title. It might cost you a lot of, uh, a lot of material things that you have. But I got news for you. The apostle Paul said, hey, we don't care. We are fools for Christ's sake. We're ready to give it all up. We don't care because we got a home in heaven waiting on us. By the way, that won't last on Facebook long. It won't. So I love you. And God, you know my heart. I love people. I did that part, Lord. And I, I repent for fighting, kicking against the pricks, Lord. This is not my job. I'm not my own spokesperson. 
Help me to know that I got to crucify my flesh. I belong. These sheep are your sheep. They're not mine. You tell me what to do. It's my job to make sure I don't miss that and tell them. So, God, I love you. Be glorified through my flesh as long as it's on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Had to do a little housekeeping. But I want to tell you something. I told you all that because where we are on our way to. See, the summer seems like it is so, so, so semi-almost normal. This is a little old smoke screen, by the way. Sister Bill used to sing uh, a song when she was able, The Best is Yet to Come. It is for us again, but the worst is about to come worse than it's been. And you don't have to believe me. Just sit still. Just sit still. Sit still. In fact, if you still slip and watch the news, at least do this for 30 days. Everything they tell you to do or believe, do this and you'll be safe. The very opposite. Whatever they tell you to do, do the opposite and you'll do well. Whatever they tell you just happened, believe the opposite of that. I'm almost, I am almost ready to say when they tell me it's going to rain, not to get my umbrella, to get my sunglasses. But I know what I'm talking about. I, I've seen too many things happen in 15 months. Too many things. I mean, a, a, a conspiracy theorist, and by the way, if I, uh, let me do this, and then we're going to finish. Okay. If you're out here, and you see a car pull in on this road out here, you see a man get out because somebody turned in while he was stopped and they bump in the back of him and you say, oh my word, and that man starts beating the driver of it and you get your phone out and you start videoing it. Well, all of a sudden you see it on the 6 o'clock news and this is what happens. You see it on the 6 o'clock news and the 6 o'clock news says, um, there was a car on Jim Calhoun Road that repeatedly kept uh, backing in to a car behind it, putting it reverse and backing in to the car behind it. And the driver got out of the car and grabbed the hand of the other man and kept hitting him in the, himself in the face. And you would go post online, you would say, there was a car that came out on this road today and it ran into the back of another car. Y'all with me? Over here. Leave people alone. Leave people alone. You don't want them bothering you. Leave them alone. Listen. You see this car pull out. You see them come in. And you videoed the whole thing. And you get online and you put, well, I saw a car on 79 today pull off on Jim Calhoun Road. And it kept, and it ran into the back of a car in front of it. And, and immediately, the news and everybody else, they said, well, you a conspiracy theorist. And, and, and you post the video, and when you post the video that shows what you say, they either say you alter the video or they take the video down. That's happening almost every second of every day in this country. All the time. It's called censorship. Censorship. A few weeks ago, I gave you an example of when Jesus died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. All kind of theories, at least five or six theories. Theories, can't theories, 
came up about what really happened because they could not afford for people to start following the way. And so they started calling all of the disciples. And, and note, Jesus revealed, showed himself over 500 people at one time. But everybody, everybody that said anything other than one of those five theories were called conspiracy theorists. Now, I know there's some weird, crazy people in the world that say all kind of things and people have a hateful heart. But just because you speak the truth and you know it's the truth doesn't mean that you are wrong, that you are conspiring against somebody. And I don't care how rich, how popular, how famous, or how much power a person says over you that you are doing that. It still doesn't make it right. So this is what you have to do, church. You've got to make sure that everything you do is filtered through the Bible that I'm about to read. Because right now, right now, you've got to learn how to respond in this day we're living in. And that's what we're going to talk. You've you got to learn what to do. If you don't learn what to do that I'm about to read to you for all of us to do, then you're going to cave. You're going to say, Israel really is wrong, and I was wrong all those years. You know, God, he's not a sensitive God. You're going to cave. You're going to cave. You're going to go with the flow. So let's look at it. What do I do about it? Well, there's a great example in the 15th chapter of 2 Chronicles. You can read along with me, okay? I'll kind of be semi-quick. Now, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa, which took over after his father had passed away. And he said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Benjamin and Judah. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. And in those times there was no peace to the one who went out nor to the one who came in, but great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the land. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. And this is what he told Asa. He said, but you be strong and do not let your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. That's why we've been doing everything we've been doing at this church. Taking a minute to give honor where honor is due because Nikki and Reggie, Robbie's been helping out a lot. Tripp's been helping out a lot. A group came over one Monday night. But on top of regular jobs, during all this time, this is not the time for our hands to grow weary, our hands to be folded, our hands to get weak and tired. This is not the time. But the Bible told Asa, or the Bible says about Asa, but this is what you have to do during all this. Be strong and don't let your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard all these words and the prophecy of Obed, which is the father of uh, Azariah, the father of Asa, or I got that backwards, Obed was Asa, Azariah bringing the message, the prophet, he took courage. 
he took courage. When he heard what he needed to do, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. Then he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those who dwelt with them from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, for they came over to him in great numbers. Did you hear that? From Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with them. Notice how when Asa did that, when he did what God told him to do, first of all through the prophet was to take courage. And that's what God's been drilling away with me all week long is to tell you and myself that we are living in a time where we need to take courage. Courage in the Lord, courage in His Word, it's available right now. But you and I, we must take courage in the Lord right now because we are going to need it for where we are going until the trumpet sounds. So church, we've got to take courage today. I talked to you a couple of weeks ago about obedience. And then Wednesday night, Joe was talking about surrender. Do you know what happens when you take obedience and you add that to surrender and then you add that to taking courage? It equals what it said in verse 9 right there. You will get great numbers of something, you see, because you cannot obey that book right there. You can't do what it says and not get positive, God-given results every single time. The ways of the Lord are right. The ways of the Lord are pure and the ways of the Lord are always going to be higher and they're always going to be more rewarding, great numbers, great multitudes than anything else. When we do what thus saith the Lord, it happens every time and you can't stop it from happening. So I've got to be obedient when my flesh says shut up and do like every other preacher's doing. I gotta be obedient. I can't care. I know double negative. I cannot care at all what the world's doing or what a preacher with a big church that's got a lot of campuses doing or what one that's got millions upon millions. Of, I cannot do that. I can't even do what the great ones on TV say. I gotta do what God says to do and whatever the consequences is in the eyes of the flesh, that's what it was my privilege to suffer for Jesus Christ. It's my honor to be named the name of Jesus Christ inside of me and walk with Jesus and live with you. So I'm ready to do it. And every day that we live, we go out of our house. We grab our cell phone. We grab our keys and everything else. But very seldom, if ever, do we wake up and say, well, you know what? I need to take me some courage today. I need to take courage. And I open the book and I read what the Bible says to do. I take courage because I don't know what I'm going to face. Or maybe I do know what I'm going to face. I don't know what my children or my family might run into. Or the news I might get at 10 a.m. I need to make sure that I take courage with me because I got a mainstream media. Yes, I said it, Facebook. Yes, Apple. Yes, Google. I said it. I said it. Said it. Jerk me down. Don't care. Yes, they're going to tell you one thing. 
thing, and your boss is going to tell you one thing. Your friends, your children's friends are going to make them seem like they're an outcast. So you better take you some courage, and we got to grow up. We're warriors of the cross, and we're on our way home, and we got to live like it, church. We got to live like it. We got to. We got to live like it. The Bible says in the third chapter of Deuteronomy, when Moses had already done what he did, he didn't do exactly what God said, so he could not enter the promised land. In the third chapter of Deuteronomy, it says he was telling Joshua, Joshua, and the Lord had told him to charge and tell Joshua this. He said, I want you to go to Joshua and charge him and listen to this, encourage him. You see, when I encourage you, then out of that encourage, it's courage. When I encourage you, then you're able to take that courage and move on to the next step, which is what happened here. Joshua was charged and encouraged by Moses, and Moses strengthened him. For he shall go over before this people, and he shall, God's telling Moses to tell him that, and he, talking about Joshua, he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. Folks, when you are encouraged and you take the encouragement, what, what, what will you say in encourage? I told you, when you leave your house every day, don't leave your house without taking some encouragement. Take courage with you. When you take it, it's going to strengthen you, and it might not do you any good as far as your eye, but it might cost your son or cause your daughter or your husband or your mama or daddy or grandma or somebody. It might cause them to be able to inherit a land, a blessing, a promise, a healing, an open door, a closed door on a relationship. You've been crying and fasting and praying all because you took courage, you were strengthened, and by doing that, you caused somebody else to inherit. It happened with Joshua, it can happen with you, but you got to take it. You can't leave it laying around. You can't say, I'll do it when I get home. I'm too busy. i got to check my email first because I'm waiting on a deal. I'm waiting on an a, a answer about getting this job or getting this car. You can't do it. you got to say, nope. I've got to take courage even if I don't take my phone, if I don't take my lunch today. I've got to take courage with me. And when you take it, when you take it, you're going to be strengthened in one of the weakest looking moments of your life. What if Joshua would have said, well, I don't want to do that. You know, people know what happened with Moses and all that. And I really don't want people to get upset with me. I'll just kind of, we'll just kind of camp out on this side. We've been camping out on this side long enough, amen? There's a promised land waiting on me and you. There's a heaven that I'm going to one day. But there might be a great revival, a move of God. There might be a harvest that's just one take courage moment away from me. And I don't want to miss it. I told you right here last week, I want to be a 7.0. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to save it till Sunday. I don't want to save it till the church is full again. I don't look for the church to be full till after the rapture. But I'm telling you this right here today. You can take courage. I can take courage. And God can open up doors and we can see great numbers in one way or another before the trumpet. 
trumpet sounds because his word doesn't lie. It's yes, it's amen. His promises are forever. And all I got to do is make sure I'm not intimidated or threatened by the world or the media or social media or what everybody around me seems to be doing. I can't be influenced by that. This has to be the only voice. The voice of truth tells me a different story. Do you hear me today? Hallelujah. I'm almost about through. I'm almost. You see, this week I had an experience. Well, me and, me and Tyler had a few experiences with an anchor this week. And, and a lot of people won't take courage. We just go with the flow. We don't, we don't want to be, hey, we don't want to be outcast. We don't want to be outcast. I know what people are thinking. Don't never let that man go on vacation again. You see how long he's already preached? I don't I don't want to I don't want to take I don't want to take courage. It it it's too heavy. It's too embarrassing. It's too inconvenient. It's going to maybe result in this if if I take courage. And see, this is where God wanted me to try to hurry up and get to today when he was ready for this, so he's ready for it right now. Listen to this. Me and you, we've got to quit looking at courage as a bad thing, like I'm about to get my butt kicked thing. I'm about to get fired. I'm about to get ostracized. I'm about to get embarrassed. We've got to quit looking at courage like that. Did you, did you hear what we just read together? When he took courage, when Joshua took courage, he was strengthened. We've got to quit looking at that as some kind of weight that weighs us down, that's harmful to us, and look at it as some kind of anchor that holds me in place. When I get ready to cave the mainstream media, and I'm worried that they're going to take our 501c3, I, I'm on this anchor called courage right now. Well, I'm not going to move. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. It's not weighing me down. It's holding my fanny in place so I can say what God says to say. I can do what God says to do. If there's 850 false prophets, he can still use an Elijah to call fire down from heaven. But you've got to take courage and you've got to be anchored to the Word of God and the Word of God won't let you down, church. You gotta feed yourself with it. If you wanna know what the news is, you start in Matthew. You go back to Luke. You go over here to Second Chronicles. You dig yourself down in Psalms for a good old week. I'll tell you right now, you won't care. Let the world pass away. I know what's happening. The Lord has filled me. The Lord has healed me this week. My eyes are on Jesus. I don't see this world. I don't see this earth. I don't see the news, but I do see the precious words of God and what thus saith the Lord. That's where we got to get to. I got to give you hope because it's about panic time. So stand up. Please stand up. Hurry. Stand up. I'll finish while you're standing up. At least you got hope if you're standing up. Amen. You do. Amen. Bible says Psalm 24, 15, 14. Wait on the Lord. We've been there. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. 
Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Don't feel like it's a timeline and you've got to do this. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And, and here's what happens. He'll strengthen your heart. Now, when I read this verse myself, it sounds like to me that if you make your mind up today, I'm going to wait on, I'm going to wait on the Lord and I'm, go, I'm going to be of good courage. I don't care what they say. They are puppets. They are actors. They are script readers and script writers. I'm not doing that. I am not. I don't care what movie star. Quit that mess, church. That's gods of this world. Quit it. Quit it. Quit it. Just stop that mess. Listen, if I be of good courage, be of good courage. And you know what bothers me right now? And I need prayer because people are sizing me up right now. You're sizing, to know if you want to get ill, ticked off, come back, go back, look, look up some of this stuff, which you ain't going to find it, friend. You ain't going to find it. It's tagged and nailed, algorithm to death. You're not going to find it. Listen, you question everything I'm saying, but you can put every atheist on every news network and every other outlet, and you will eat it like it's chocolate ice cream and won't question it. That bothers me as a man of God. Not me, because it's not my Bible, my word. That, that, I, I struggle with that. I do. That's why I said what I did earlier. But if you wait on the Lord and be of good courage, He'll strengthen your heart. Sounds like to me when you make your mind up that you're going to start out with good courage instead of good fear or reliable fear or predictable fear. You make your mind up. I'm going to be of good courage. I'm going to take courage today. I'm going to take courage today. Sounds like to me, if you take it, then God will strengthen your heart. Action, reaction. Many of you in this building, many of you on that camera right there, right now, in this building. I can't see people on the camera. God's blessed you with a talent. God's blessed you with a calling. God's blessed you with a gift. God's blessed you with an anointing. And for some reason or another, you have forsaken it or you've ignored him altogether. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I stand here only in the power of the Holy Ghost to tell you it is time for you to stop running, quit waiting, take courage. He that hath begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. It's time to get back in the game and do it today, right now. Make your mind up. Make your calling and election sure. God has blessed you. Do not walk away from the gift and the calling of God. Let God fulfill what he's raised you up to do for this time. And if you take courage, tie yourself to it. Tie yourself to it. What did Stephen say when they were stoning him? Don't charge him. He glorified God while they were killing him, not posting stuff about him, killing him. He glorified God in his flesh. So in this room today, anybody just, I know it seems like I'm trying to like just get an altar call going and all that. 
I, I don't even know anymore. Anybody want to take courage? And we'll, we'll pray and go. Anybody want to come down here? Let's just say, I'm, I'm making my mind, i got to take courage. I, I'm leaving fear alone. I'm leaving evaluations alone. I'm, le- I'm just ready. i got to take courage. I can't, I'm not going to set myself up to be a, 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 a wax figurine. I'm not going to set myself up. I, I want to be strengthened. I want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. By the way, while people are coming, you don't do this to bring attention to yourself. Everything in my life is to glorify God. I'm not trying to be a renegade and be anti-anything, but I've been anti-Scripture long enough. I've been anti-voice of God long enough. I've been anti-calling of God long enough. God has called you. Father, we are at this altar today because... We're not taking anything but courage for this next phase, Lord. Phase of our life, phase of our day. The perilous times that we are in that doesn't seem perilous right now. God, no more. We've got to take courage. Hallelujah. Hey, I just want to swim in that song for a minute. So will y'all let us swim in that song? We'll go home, but I want to swim right there. that's not a Christian if you take courage as a believer your life will change there's a big difference 
and saying I'm not scared of anybody or anything and taking courage. Not the same thing. And you can't have a take courage life if you don't fall at the feet of Jesus first. You've got to say, Jesus, I need a Savior. I need to be redeemed from my sin. I need to be forgiven. And when you, when you do that, and you understand what you are doing, then the sin that had marked you and sentenced you to hell will be completely washed away and forgiven by the all-seeing eye of God. And you'll be a brand new person in the eyes of the Lord. Brand new, brand new. Just say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I need to be saved. I need to be washed. I need to be baptized. I need to be clean, Lord. The Bible says he's a faithful and just God. He's willing. Right now, the Lord is willing to forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Accept it. Just like you take courage, you take the Lord up on his free gift of salvation. You take it. You say, God, I want it. And Father, I thank you for every person that's prayed today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that the word is, needs to be my source. It needs to be my strength. It needs to be my outlet. It needs to be my rock. It needs to be what I fill my time up with. Your word, it, it will generate it will generate, Lord, that strength that I need. I may not see that I need it today, but I'm going to need it, Lord. And I may be alone like Elijah, but you'll be with me, and what I have put in will not let me down. So I pray this week you'd let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And I want to tell you before you go home, that I love everybody, and I'm not apologizing for what I said. I'll, I'll, I'll stand before God for what I said. But I want to let you know, everything I preach from this pulpit, I preach it from a heart of love. And I ask God to block me. I, I said this morning, I'm not trying to be funny. I said, God, if there's something I, I, I shouldn't say or something, I, I said, God, give me an upset stomach, whatever you have to do. And I, that I can't preach. I, I prayed it. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. The wrong thing doesn't generate anything. Do you hear me? And so I, I said, God, you stop me because I've already tried to stop me, but I want to be, I, I want to be obedient. So I'm telling you, I love every person here. I love every person that's online. I, I, and, and I want to see what God's going to do with us, for us. We don't even talk about that anymore. But what God's going to do for us, and through us before the trumpet sounds. Because my mind is not on the world, I'm telling you. My mind's not on the world. Or, or, or the next level, phase two. I'm not on that. And it's close, but I'm, my mind's not there. You, well, it is. It, my, mind's not, my mind is on you and me and us doing what God's left us here to do. And then we're going to spend forever in heaven. Amen.